Okay. Yeah. I think I'm recording now. Stay safe, stay sane. Hello there, I'm Mark Quinn. This is our second podcast with the theme Stay Safe, Stay Sane, Talk from a Safe Distance, where we find out how you are getting through the uncertain, unusual and unprecedented times that we're all experiencing. As of Friday 27th of March at midnight, although the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar refrained from calling it so, we're essentially in total lockdown here in Ireland. Now, as you know, things are quite literally changing with every passing hour, and I had intended to shine a light on how you are using the time in isolation. But that agenda has shifted somewhat. I've had so many people wanting to chat with me that I'm just taking the conversations as they come. Here's a flavour of what people have been saying to me. And it's like a bad movie with terrible actors in it. <laughs> Donald Trump and Boris Johnson being the, the two main characters. Personally, I hope that people kind of see the positive effect of this shutdown and that we can adapt um, to a new way, um, for example, of making businesses or being creative. For me, it could be a chance to make the world a better place. I, I read in one of the papers recently that after various events like this, like the, the Great Flu, I think it was 1918, 1919, the world changed radically. The, like, the world has to change. I mean, even Attenborough is, is kind of talking in, in those terms. The Spaniards are very optimistic. We are very social. We love going out. We love laughing. We love drinking. You know, we love dancing and singing and shouting. And we love families and we love friends. And... Uh, I think uh, we, we are this kind of people, but for the first time in my life, I see my country sad. In this episode, what's it like to have the coronavirus? Jenny in Scotland, a 34-year-old, although not officially diagnosed, has had all of the symptoms and had been self-isolating for some nine days when we spoke. On Wednesday, I was in work and I was noticing I had a bit of a tightness in my chest. But of course, you think you're uh, paranoid. We'll also hear from Canada, from filmmaker Clementine, who's in Montreal, on how things are there and on her personal concerns. I am, I am actually worried, for example, my grandmother, my, my grandfather died a month ago. She is uh, really, really lonely right now because she thought uh, she would be able to go out on her own and, and have a new life, start a new life without him and it's not possible at all. She's seeing no one and when I call her it's really, really hard. More from Montreal a little later. On the first podcast, we spoke with John Ryan in Paris, and he mentioned that at 8 o'clock each evening during lockdown, while across Europe others sing from the balconies in tribute to key workers, an old school friend of ours, Jody McStravick, sings one song live on Facebook. With Jody's blessing, we're going to finish with one of his songs at the end of this episode. And if you haven't heard Jody sing before, well, you're in for a treat. He's a very special talent, and always was, right back to when we were in school. About two weeks ago, 34-year-old psychologist Jenny Ring, who's from Ireland but lives in Glasgow, Scotland, went out with her friends. Looking back now, she pinpoints that evening as the time and location where she believes she contracted the coronavirus. I think you'll find interesting her measured description of her experience since that evening. As you know, the UK took slightly longer to kind of 
close things down and to implement social distancing. And um, so we were very much going to work as normal and going out as normal. And it was kind of nine days ago when I started symptoms. But I think uh, how I contracted it was I was out with two friends on the Saturday night. So there was four of us out for a meal. And one of the friends that we were out with kind of symptoms that started on the Monday. Um, and it was quite clear within 24 hours that she had all the classic symptoms, fever, cough, um, shortness of breath. And then on Wednesday, I was in work and it was Wednesday afternoon and I was noticing I had a bit of a tightness in my chest. But of course, you think you're uh, paranoid as well, because when anything like this happens, you kind of end up paying uh, more attention to your body and the symptoms that are, you're having. So I didn't really think it was anything, but that just got worse as the night went on. And I was quite short of breath that night. And then it was Thursday, I kind of woke up with bad chest pain um, and it was at that point that I phoned uh, the GP just to check in on symptoms um, and the GP said it was most likely uh, coronavirus but they're not testing uh, here in Scotland unless you're admitted to hospital and um, they're sort of reserving tests for people who are really unwell and I think they're going to use some of the tests uh, for frontline staffs to make sure doctors and nurses get back to work quicker. Um, so I've actually no way of really knowing, but it would be an awful coincidence if it wasn't coronavirus since, and I've been self-isolating for nine days now. And how's your friend? Um, she had it quite bad actually. So she had all the classic symptoms and um, kind of a really bad cough and bad breathing um, until about day five or six, then seemed to get better for a day. And then all of a sudden was uh, worse than before for a couple of days and is now uh, completely fine, sort of 12 days later. And uh, like, presumably you were quite stressed by this, yeah? Um, I was a, a little bit stressed. I mean, um, I stay here with my husband. We're both reasonably young and healthy and we're not sharing a house with any vulnerable people. So I guess the biggest concern was about making sure we didn't pass it on to anybody else. Um, so I wasn't overly stressed. There was a period of three days where I had really bad chest pain and I was a little bit worried about my heart. Um, but I no reason to think that because I'm healthy um, as far as I know but it was a bit alarming having chest pain kind of around your heart area so that was a bit stressful um, but that seems to have gone away now so. And what medication did you take if, if any? Painkillers so I was alternating between paracetamol and ibuprofen. And were you eating? Yes eating fine yeah not mm. bothered. I felt otherwise well. It was a bit strange. It was like having um, asthma or angina for a period of time. It, it didn't feel like I had a flu at all. Um, a slight wheezy cough towards the end. But I mean, I felt reasonably well. And presumably you've been sleeping in a separate room and completely isolated from your husband, have you? Absolutely. Yes, OK. <laughs> 
And given your your occupation, you're a psychologist. I mean, is the fact that you're a psychologist a help? Do you think, in insofar as you were able to kind of rationalise what was going on? I certainly think that I'm aware of things that will help me when feeling anxious or stressed, and things that will make me feel worse. So, as much as it's unpleasant, I guess there was lots of things I knew that I could do to stay calm and to keep a level head. So, certainly, I think it did help. And what do you think, just in in in, in the broader sense, what do you think about the psychological effect that this long-term isolation is going to to have on people? Well, I, I think the disconnection from others is a big issue. I mean, particularly for individuals who are maybe living alone and will be quite isolated anyway. So uh, really those people maybe rely on their supermarket trip to talk to the teller or the person at the post office. Maybe they go to the library once a week and that's where they meet people or they're going to various community activities or groups. And I certainly think that those people are likely to feel the effect of isolation um, probably the worst uh, but I think it can affect anyone really particularly if you get out of a routine and you're not sure what to do with your days and just getting back to your own situation people listening to this presumably and hopefully will get some solace from the fact that you've come through this you've had you, all the symptoms it would seem of coronavirus without the actual confirmation that you had it and that cycle took what did you say about nine days altogether was it yeah today is the ninth day since starting symptoms um I've just had a slight cough today. And just finally, um, and I've asked everybody this, do you think in a broader sense and maybe in a, in a smaller or on a smaller scale, we might actually start to appreciate what we have and good things may come out of this for, for humankind? Or am I just being a bit fanciful? No, I think you're absolutely right. I certainly think when you're forced to self-isolate, it really gives you a perspective on the things that matter and some of the things that are important. And I think when you've kind of uh, days on end inside your four walls, you begin to notice them, the things that really brighten up your day. So, for example, um, I think the best part of my day yesterday was I had a FaceTime with my three-year-old niece where we did head, shoulders, knees and toes together. And it was the only exercise I'd had in five days. Um, <laughs> so and that, that's how grim it's gotten. But um, that really kind of, it was moments like that that really reminded me of you know, what I miss and the things that are important. And I think it certainly will give us a sense of perspective on uh, kind of some of the people and some of the things in our lives that uh, we're really lucky to have when all this is over. When you look at the benefit to the planet when we're all sort of in lockdown, it, it would be amazing to think, imagine if we could do something like this one day a month or you know to and and to think about how quickly the planet could recover if we went on lockdown a bit more often jenny ring speaking to me from scotland and we'll keep in touch with jenny to see how she feels in a week or so this is stay safe stay sane talk from a safe distance i'm mark quinn follow us on twitter at stay safe irl and you'll find us on instagram at stay safe stay sane
Ah, Clementine, comment ça va? <laughs> ça va bien. How are you? Right. Clementine Imperial Legrand, originally from Bordeaux in France, now lives and works in Canada. We chatted about how life is for her and how she's coping with the rapidly changing rules and regulations around the coronavirus pandemic in Montreal, the largest city in the province of Quebec. So in Montreal, the government uh, asked uh, all the non-necessary companies to stop their work uh, until April 13, uh, or if they can work from home, but they had to stop any other activities. So, which means a lot of people lost their jobs. Like I know so, so many people who are just doing nothing at the moment. So that's for the companies and about the people, uh, they asked us to stay at home the most we can, but there is no, it's not, as severe as in France, where they can uh, they can go out only with the paper saying that they are going out for groceries or or anything. Here we, we can go out, we can go to the park, we can I don't know go to the supermarkets, but all the pubs and restaurants are closed as well. And are most people complying with these rules? I'd say yes, but I made the mistake as well. So I I, I wanted to go for a run last weekend so i went to the park and it was full of people i mean so much people like group of five or ten people together so i was feeling not okay with this and i i thought it was stupid so i i'm not sure they are really following the rules at the moment uh we were out of toilet paper for a week because everybody went to the supermarket we couldn't find any pasta or cans for almost a week I, i'm nodding i'm nodding and smiling here clementine it's exactly the same in ireland exactly the same. <laughs> is it yeah. okay so yeah I'm, I, I'm just yeah i'm thinking why so I think sometimes you, you, you yeah there is both side of humanity like sometimes I'm just asking myself eh, maybe we deserve today you know Oh no <laughs> I mean, come on So you think that this time that we have now on our own that we have time to reflect on on everything really I am I am actually worried for some people like uh, old person For example, my grandmother, my, my grandfather died a month ago. Oh, and sorry, sorry to hear that. Uh, that, that, that that's, that's, that's okay. I mean, you know, like in, in, in a way, we are glad it happened a month ago because I, I was uh, able to go to Bordeaux, you know, for, for just for three days to for the funerals. And if it was happening now, uh, I couldn't do that. So I, I'm in a way glad uh, it happened a month ago but the, the point is that um, she is uh, really really lonely right now because she thought uh, she would be able to go out on her own and and have a new life start a new life without him and it's not possible at all she's seeing no one and when I call her it's really really hard because she's like I you know I'm I'm alone and and what she said the other day Uh, well, she told me I I am actually afraid of the silence, and I thought that was ah, the most terrible thing I heard. And she 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 has a garden, so she, she can go out and and you know. But this kind of people, if it turns for 
I don't know, three months like this. How she can manage it, you know? She is already lonely, sad, and, and, and so how is she going to deal with this, you know? So I'm afraid for this kind of people. You know? Yes, and I'm. I'm just thinking here about your poor grandmother and uh, being afraid of the silence. I know. Uh, that was. It's quite tough, and I'm. I'm worried, like, if it's if it's happening for a, a few months, it will be very very hard for this kind of people to deal with it. And, and I spoke to a friend of mine yesterday in Paris, and he has spoken about the the, the quietness. He lives near a motorway. Yeah. And also the, the blue skies, and nature is oh. is shining through. I think it's it's the most uh, great thing about it, and just for that, I'm I'm glad to stay inside because I think I think nature you know, was calling us. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Yeah, uh, no, I had another fun fact about, that I wrote about uh, Canada because you know that cannabis is legal here. Yes. And it's funny because uh, there is so much people queuing in front of the, the, the markets that sells uh, cannabis, I think people need to get uh, high. <laughs> so is, is the cannabis shop an essential service? Is that why it's left open? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a place. Yeah, I swear. I swear. Uh, it's where you can buy spliff and even tea. They do cannabis tea here. It's very popular. And yeah, it's still open. So it's hard to get toilet paper, but if you fancy a joint, that's not a problem. Clementine Imperial Le Grand there in Montreal. Next time, we'll have an extended interview with Brian Trulio, who lives and works in Boston, USA. Brian is a film editor and happens to be right in the middle of editing a documentary on, of all things, the coronavirus pandemic for the series Frontline, which airs on PBS. With America now the country with the most number of cases, and with Brian being so immersed in the unfolding story, his compelling analysis of how the authorities, right from the top, left it too late to react, is well worth a listen. But if the president had taken it seriously from the beginning, he's the one who should have stepped in and said, right, what's going on? Enough bickering. Just get a test. Get a test. You know, perfection is not the goal at this point. Like, we need to start tracing and... And, you know, now we're still playing catch-up. That's Brian Trulio, and he'll be in our next episode. My thanks to series producer Pat Hannon. And if you'd like to share your stories, contact me by email, staysafestaysane at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at staysafeirl. And you'll find us on Instagram, staysafestaysane. Incidentally, we're posting photos from our guests from around the world on our Twitter and Instagram feeds. So feel free to share yours. Empty streets, your secret toilet roll stash, how you're passing the time, whatever. Be creative. As promised, a song to finish with from the talented Jody McStravick, who plays live on Facebook every evening at 8 o'clock as a dedication to all key workers. Until next time, stay safe and stay sane. Lie in bed of the morning I think about the night before Did I really have a good time? I can't remember anymore I met a man from the factory He said they're taking people on He said, 
Why not come along, Joe, and see if it's what you want to be? And see if it's what you want to be. If he don't ask me any other day, then I know what I would say. Someone with a cigarette, but no, it's just the postman With a letter from an old friend, inviting me to come on home Say, why not come along, Joe, and see If it's where you want to be And see if it's where you want to be Stay safe, stay at home.